Welcome to the Real Life Group's Leadership Podcast, a conversation about creating small groups where people grow in spiritual maturity in relationship. We're focused on you, the small group leader, giving tips and tools to help you lead effectively. Well, welcome back to the second part of our Worship as Discipleship discussion. We've got Aaron Short back with us, Jeremy Ellis, and this is just so exciting because the first episode set up so many important, I think, doctrinal truths, theological truths that I, uh, really are helpful for a small group leader about how to help someone in their group grow in this area of worship as discipleship. Worship is not just an aspect of singing, it's our whole life. And so that if you didn't listen to that episode, uh, make sure you go back and, and do that. Listen to it because we're going to take some new ground in this episode. And I'm super excited for this one because uh, this is a, I mean, crucial issue that I think mm. we see in the church today mm. in America specifically, which we're going to talk about why uh, both an environment of gathering as a church collectively, a large gathering, a worship service is important and a small group and even a one-on-one -on -one accountability relationship, yeah. why all of these things are important. And, and it's just so crucial to someone's growth that they understand the differences, the values of each. And so that's what we're gonna kind of start with and unpack. And like I said, th this is something that I think a lot of people pick and choose yeah. and they, they take one or the other. And we're gonna walk through that. It's been a, just a great discussion so far. So let's just start with that open-ended question to go, what are the values of each of these different environments? Why do they matter? Why do we have them in the church collectively today? And especially in our church. Yep. Aaron, thoughts on that? Yeah, I think we just take the lead from Acts 2, 42 through 47, yeah. where it talks, and we Oof. talk about this a lot as a church, yeah. but it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to breaking of bread and the prayers and awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs are being done through them. And all who believed were together, had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds as any had need. And this is the verse I want to focus in on. It says, mm -hmm. and day to day, attending the temple, together and breaking bread in their homes, they receive food with glad and generous hearts. Wow. And so it's like right in that yes. passage, we see that these aren't like an either or, or it's yeah. like yeah. one versus the other, but it's a both and. And so that the temple courts, right, our, our example would be like the church gathering um, uh, and the house to house, which obviously is why we have small groups and life groups and these chances to get to have relationship with people that we can see and know and check in with uh, regularly. And so I, I think that it's so important. I mean, Again, right from the beginning, I, I kind of high-centered on this, even the last episode, but they devoted themselves to these things, right? Mm. There's devotion to, wow. to both. And and the fact that hmm. they, um, they when they gathered together as uh, in the temple courts or in our example in the church, um, you know, we talk about relationship being so important, but it's the, the church gathering, the worship service is that vertical, right? We are specifically primarily focusing our attention on the one that we're worshiping. We're doing it amongst other believers. You know, we, we think about um, that we are being made as living stones, being um, yeah. built up as a house of God, brick by brick. It's maybe a better translation even. And so we have to do that together. You know, bricks are, are intended to be built one beside the other. And so we do that together, but our, our focus is on the Lord. And then when we're 
in small groups, right? We still have this vertical focus. That's what we're gathering for. It's not just some social club, but there is a little bit more of an emphasis on that horizontal relationship uh, wow. with one another because it, that's just simply hard to hard to know hundreds or even a thousand people yep. that you're gathering yeah. with. Uh, but we we are still focusing on the Lord. But now we're we're maybe the emphasis is shifting a little bit more toward one another as we talk about the Lord together and we learn and we refine and we apply what we what yeah. we heard. It's yeah. great. Uh, Jeremy, so no, I think what you said about, you know, these not being either or is just critical because yep. it's, you know, you, we can treat it as like even preferentially, preferentially, we, we mm. talked a little bit of last yep. episode, like preferences can play such a part in this where, and we're in such a like consumer culture where we kind of bring that, you know, we're, we're so used to kind of critiquing everything that happens in our lives, yep. where we shop, where, you know, we bring that into church oftentimes and we're like, well, I prefer the small group environment or I prefer the large group environment. And it's like, no, we're, you know, we're saying, no, both of these are important based on what we see in scripture. They met in the temple courts, the larger gathering, plus house to house, like both are critical for growth as a mature disciple in Christ. And it's, it's not an optional, like either or, you know, I love that. We, yeah. You just go back to the beginning of the church. How did the early church live out the model of discipleship that Jesus gave yeah. them? The very first thing they did, you know, that they, they gathered, they wanted to celebrate and then they, they met together daily. There was no need among them. They actually, all these things that the fruit that was coming out of the church and every day it grew. There was awe among the people. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great place to start. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think from the beginning, um, uh, I don't think this is any exaggeration, but real life has strived to really be that kind of church that goes back to uh, yeah. New Testament, uh, Acts 2 and living out. Man, there's values of both. We're not going to be yep. one or the other where yeah. it's not a pick and choose. It's not a preference. Yeah. So let's dive a little deeper into the uniqueness of what happens, and you you opened some doors. I think it's really good. Yeah. Let's get practical. What are some things that happen and that we want to encourage as small group leaders in our group in a um, worship service? Mm -hmm. And what are some things that uniquely happen in a small group? And why, here's kind of my main point, and why those things are necessary together. Like why, yeah. oh man, we're able to experience this together. And as a small group, we can't we can't experience all that. But in a in yeah. a worship service uh, collective gathering, we can't experience what a small group does. Yeah. Kind of dive into the the unique differences, Jeremy. Thoughts on that initially? Yeah, I think you know, and honestly too, even as we're processing this, kind of putting some dots together, even in my my own head, I think a, a huge portion of like our small groups, like we're seeking to create this environment that's hospitable, right? Where yep. it promotes growth, and it almost like provides the soil for somebody to take next steps as a mature disciple of Christ. And obviously, we're trying to I guess, be as hospitable as we can, acknowledging yeah. people are in different uh, portions of their journey, right? Totally. And so we go, okay, well, in that environment, like, man, you know, we want to make sure we're we're um, you know including, like, man, not using this language that if somebody's there, that we're going like, hey, there's a guy that this is his first week in group, like, he has no idea what we're talking about. We're going to yeah. take some time to explain that, right? And just you can slow down and yeah. address yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, obviously, like a large larger group environment, um, we're trying to be mindful of that, but we're kind of going like, man, this is for believers to be edified and yeah. and so there's some differences in language that we might use but just you know yeah. th that sometimes presents a challenge in that um that i know we yeah. face as leaders i do want to hit what you just said just to make sure we we hit that because that's something that we've talked about with jim before it's to, to go on a a weekend our worship service what you know who is that designed for it's like mm. we want to be welcoming to an outsider but really the the worship service is designed for someone yeah. who is a believer we're worshiping the lord we're j j diving into scripture yeah. and we're unapologetic about that 
we're not going to be exclusionary to the point where yeah. someone, you know, we're like, we're going to try and bring people in and be welcoming. Yeah. But that is that is that purpose. Right. Yeah. And yeah. but for a small group, you have some different aspects that you can yep. do. You can recognize and welcome and say, explain it in a yeah. slower way and say, hey, you might not understand this, but we want you to come on this journey. So that is a great example of something that's unique in a small yeah. group that you just can't do uh, on a worship yeah, service and a large gathering. Aaron, thoughts? Yeah, I, I think there's just like something that we have to to reckon with. And that's the fact that, you know, God, he inhabits the praises of his people. Mm. And so he's he's uniquely present as I am praising him. But as you're praising him and as, as hundreds yeah. of other people are doing the same thing and we come together. Yes. But like you said, it's uh, it, the, the purpose, the primary purpose of our gatherings is for the church to meet. Right into for the church to the bride of Christ to meet. Where else does the bride yeah. of Christ have the opportunity to meet with the groom? And so for us, we, we come to do that to to uh, to give the honor and attention to the Lord, and we also recognize that He's present in our midst. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the most evangelistic thing we could do is is really be wholehearted in those worship services. If I've yeah. brought somebody with me and they just see a, a bunch of people that are really half-hearted and don't even really uh, seem mm. like they believe the, the words that are on the screen or that they're kind of, um, you know, mumbling. I, I don't know that that would be a very convincing uh, argument no. as to why I would want to to change and, and go in that direction. But like, like you said, we yeah. do have an opportunity um, before and after those services, but but even more specifically in these life groups to go, okay, this is yeah. what we heard. And again, a lot of our life groups are moving topically along with the sermons. Yeah. And so it's it's a chance to dive deeper into those things where we're, we're hearing the message preached, but then we're actually getting to think about the implications and the applications in our own lives. Yeah. Um, and yeah. we just wouldn't have time to do that in a large gathering. Uh, but also in the large gathering, uh, we just, we wouldn't have the momentum and the excitement, the energy that we would in the small yeah. groups. So again, that both and yeah. and the inspiration that we that we get yeah. and then that application in the life group mm. that, that following you just week. said some things so i think good. that people could have missed so i want to just restate it because i think it's so crucial to go on on a worship service and a gathering of of hundreds mm -hmm. there are some things that happen that are kind of uniquely purposed and do a really good job there there's there's an aspect of you know we'll call it information like we're sharing you know the word we're doing this together like here's this wonder but there's also an aspect of inspiration i love that you said that yeah. which is you know we're actually trying to you know with god's spirit there's something that and i think every person that preaches like every aspect of yeah. of leading worship through yeah. praise there's they're trying to point to the lord there's an inspiration but the difference moving into a smaller group is that now you're taking that information inspiration you're trying to move it into what we would call application and you said transformation yeah. mm -hmm. and we're trying to see them actually yeah. live out what we've talked about yeah. and so that link is so crucial that we see those things and it's a both way link yeah. you know that's, that's one of the things i was thinking of when you were talking about you know what's happening when we're gathering all together one thing that i just absolutely love every weekend is celebrating the baptisms yeah. and the, the decisions that are made by the hundreds for our church collectively with all of our campuses and all of our groups yeah. that, you know, in a small group, you maybe see a decision or, or a few decisions at a time. Mm -hmm. But when you see every weekend, a dozen decisions, yeah. that that is a really powerful mm -hmm. statement to the collection of our groups and the worship yeah. that's taking place as we all come together in the same space, yep. the same campus, mm -hmm. and we're worshiping the Lord and what yeah. he's done. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. Good. And as, as you're talking, I'm sitting here going, okay, there's a there's an element where there's kind of this transcendence that we see in scripture and which applies to like worship. We talked about, man, we're trying to lead people to 
worship this God who is so above and beyond what we mm-hmm. can fathom. But yet at the yeah. same time, he's so relatable, you know, to us yeah. Yeah. in the sense that he wants to know us. He came down. I mean, that's Jesus yeah. came on that rescue mission. Just thinking through the, the, the importance of both and like, you, you know, if you just come into the large gathering, you could be fairly anonymous. I mean, yeah. you can kind of sit up in the bleachers, you know, and you can kind of just walk out without anyone knowing who you are but then you know you can't do that in a small group you know you can't walk into somebody's home and yep. sit in the <laughs> like the back couch and not know yeah. who the strange person is you know totally. which is the importance yeah. of that just going like man it's both and going mm-hmm. okay somebody could do that anonymously in our larger gatherings but yep. it'd be really weird if they did that in our yep. small group and that, again the importance of both you know just totally. working together hand in hand yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't want to be cliche when we talk about like church family, because I really do mean that. And I, I think about the fact that like the longer that you are a part of something, the, the more relationships you build. I mean, if you're intentional about yeah. it. And so it's like, you know, uh, your family that you spend the majority of your time with your own nuclear yeah. family. Okay. But, um, you know, the, the idea of like a family reunion, the extended family, mm. like, man, my kids, they get so excited about doing things with cousins and with, you know, uh, yeah these larger gatherings it's fun it's exciting and maybe mm-hmm. if like that idea even makes us a little weary like that that might speak to more of the <laughs> <Yeah>. dysfunction <laughs> of, of dysfunctional of, families, of families. Yeah. Uh, but like imagining a family that operates in the way that that god talks about in yep. his word and it's like it would be uh, a bummer to miss out yep. on you know we only hang out mm-hmm. with our immediate family yep. we never gather with the large and we get that chance to do that weekly yep. and it should be exciting on both fronts yeah that's really good i love it and so i mean that goes back to the text that you just shared there is something that's uniquely happening when they gather the early church yeah. gathered in the temple courts there was a celebration i mean i'm thinking of peter and pentecost and you know 3000 yeah. being baptized there was a, a church Ooh. born that day and mm-hmm. you know a massive yeah. number of people and they yeah. were looking for discipleship and they modeled and they saw what jesus did and they they went into house to house they broke bread they uh studied the scripture and that's yeah. We're just getting a little glimpse of that here yeah. in our area. And I just love seeing the transformation that's taking place. But again, I think the important part in this conversation is it's all goes back to why, you know, yeah. what is our purpose? We want to help people truly draw close to the Lord and yeah. become mature believers in him. And as again, small group leaders, I think this has been super helpful. Uh, I want to just kind of just last part of our, we kind of close down this conversation. You know, we've talked about, um, the personal relationship with Jesus, we call it, the, you know, in the five spheres, that's the center mm. of the five sphere. We've talked about kind of the church sphere and just the importance of that. We've also talked about the spiritual realm. Let's kind of just spend a few minutes talking about worship as it relates to the home sphere and the overflow in impacting the world sphere and how, mm. you know, these environments of our collective gathering of the church, our small groups, yeah. how worship impacts those areas of our life. Yeah, that's good. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I kind of alluded to the, the the personal side of it with family, like at the end of the last episode, just talking about family, you know, the practice of family worship and kind of yeah. that can apply. But I think like, I think it's a, an identity piece. I mean, the people that we're working with and, and discipling and coming alongside, like if we can get them to understand and obviously again, modeling it ourselves, going like, hey, like uh, viewing our identity as a worshiper of the living God, I mean, in every sphere, you know, um, and, yes. and then even think about their families, like something I, try to pray for my kids is like, man, Lord, let them be a worshiper of God. Hmm. That that would spill out. And they would see that as part of their identity and wow. mission in the world, if that makes sense, that it they're does, yeah. a worshiper that represents this living God who is, again, so worthy of worship in our lives. 
And just, so what I hear yeah. you saying is you don't separate and say, well, when we're at church, we're at church and we're worshiping. And when we're at home, we're at home, we're watching football or we're yeah. at work, we're at work. Like you're saying, worship encompasses our whole, yeah, yeah. every sphere. Yeah, it's all it's integrated, our whole life. right? Jesus impacts every part of our life, yep. which is, yep. it's obvious. But when you back in and you say it like that, it's really, it's a neat aspect because it's, it's just obvious. Like yeah. it, our lives are pretty visible. Like these areas are, yeah. are seen. But if we're in, if we're not intentional, every area becomes independent, isolated. Mm. Yep. But when these spheres grow out of our abidance in Christ and our growth in Christ, every area is yeah. impacted by it. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I would add to that, even just like the intentionality of the more is caught than taught. Yep. Um, mm. And I, I've kind of even more recently going back to reading from a paper, a paper Bible, yep. um, you know, cause I, I want my kids to see me, not just on a yeah. phone, not knowing yep. yeah, I'm make buying something on Amazon, you know, um, but I'm actually spending time with the Lord. And I, I've seen it even in my kids cool. as they have yep. personalized quiet time with the Lord. Uh, it has to start there first and foremost. And I think if I could even admit like mm. areas where we've got it backwards is like sometimes like the serving becomes so much and the doing, um, and, and that can be, that's part of our devotion to Christ. Mm -hmm. But I, I even think for myself, sometimes I flip the, the, the greatest commandment, right. Yep. Is to love the Lord, your God, with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So good. And then the second is like it right? Yeah. Uh, to love your neighbor as yourself. And so we're, we're having people over for dinner and we're, we're trying to get our kids to, you know, entertain maybe the younger kids that aren't even at their age and, and they're yeah. serving and they're doing things. Um, but, but I think sometimes, uh, to a fault, we almost lead with that, the mm -hmm. doing versus the being first rooted Super in good. I'm a worshiper at my core. You could take everything else away yep. from me, but, but I'm going yeah. to, yep. to give love and, and adoration to the Lord. And so, being able to model that um, to my kids and see them actually do that themselves so that they don't just become religious rule followers, yeah, you know, yeah. working their, you know, we, we want the, great. Um, the action as well, but it should, hmm. yeah, I think it should come first from that adoration. So I think what I hear from you guys, and this is a great way to kind of conclude this conversation on worship. It goes back to the why, why do we do what we do? Where does mm -hmm. it come from? Even as a small group leader, you may be just reflecting on what's the purpose of all of this, you know? Um, why, why did I step into it? Is it out of obligation or is yeah. it that I truly am following the Lord's leading and I want, I want every area of my life and I want every relationship that I impact to know Christ closer, that that would be our, our heart that are in our family, in those that we work with alongside of that our every area of our life is, is really pointing to the Lord and that people see that that is the most valuable and worth thing in our life is that that's yeah. that God gets the glory. And I, I think that's just a huge um, statement in our communities. When people see that difference, they actually see you care. You know, you, you're not just doing this out of a, a religion, an obligation. Yeah. You're doing this because you, you truly value what God has. I want to remind our uh, listeners and watchers about a tool we mentioned in our last episode, which is a Right Now Media uh, video series that these guys put out, which I think is a great tool to check out if you haven't, called The Worship Dilemma could be a tool for your life group. Um, we'll have that in the show notes. We'll also have a variety of other resources and things we talked about from this episode. But thank you guys. This has been just yeah. an awesome deepening um, conversation. And I'm hoping it was helpful to our group leaders. I know it's been yeah. helpful to our group leaders. It's just cool also to get a little bit different perspective and talking with you guys that many, I know many of our, our uh, listeners um, are 
in worship every week. They're a part of it. And so mm -hmm. just to hear more of the heart of it. So thank you guys for sharing that heart. Yeah. I'm hoping this helps our, our small groups, every person that we come in contact to grow just a little bit closer to the Lord. And just want to remind you, um, everything you do, this matters, you yeah. know, that you're, you're impacting people around you. And I want to say thank you for all that you do. Keep it up um, and check out future episodes. Check out our show notes for more information. And we'll see you next time. We are grateful for the investment you make each week as you reach the world for Jesus one person at a time and make biblical disciples in relational environments. For notes from this show and other great resources to help you grow, visit realliferesources.org.